my sons will tell you now that they think I was significantly harder on them than I was, you know, the other kids on the team. That's what we all believe, by the way. And it's it's true every time. (laughs) I was just going to (laughs) say, I don't think they're completely wrong. Hey, Dad. And welcome into another edition of the Hey Dad podcast. I am Caleb Henry. I am a dad. I love being a dad and talking with other dads about, we'll just call it this dad venture. You can find me on Twitter at iCalebHenry. And guys, this is so much fun that we've been able to do this for a few weeks already and have had some great episodes talking with my dad, talking with Dr. Dr. Rob Zadiska. And you guys can go find all of those wherever you get your podcasts. Also at my home base, KLIN. Dot com, But we're not going to waste any time getting into our guest this week. You, you may have seen him out and about. He does some sales, but you probably more have seen him on your television doing some stuff for Nebraska Public Media, for the Big Ten Network. You can see him on Twitter at LPunt. It is Larry Putney. So we'll say hey, Dad, to Larry this week. Larry, hey, thanks so much. This is exciting to get you on here. We're going to start this off with you muted. <laughs> Did you do that on purpose? Did you I, mute me? On I purpose? did not mute you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did not mute you. I think maybe when I when I hit record, uh, um, it, it, it may have just automatically muted. Um, I thought that was that, that, that's a good trick. <laughs> you need to pull that on everybody. Um, I do. <laughs> good to see you, Caleb. Thanks for asking. <laughs> this I appreciate is so it. good. You know, yeah. we'll just leave all that in. That that's yeah. uh, this is what it's like when when we record. So, Larry, this yeah. is uh, where I'm at in my dad venture is very different. And this is one of the fun things that, I, that I'm going to enjoy as this project continues, is talking with people because we're all in very different stages. No, no two people are in the exact same stage in where they are as a parent and as a dad. And, and you're in a different position than, than I am. So just explain for our listeners where you're at as, as a dad, as a, a granddad, or and we'll get into that part, uh, but just, just where are you at in life right now? Past the diaper stage. Yeah, good. That's good. I'm still there, um, and that's super fun. I know. Um, so, so my uh, I have a son who is 33 now. He has uh, two daughters, so I have two granddaughters. My uh, my daughter is 28, and she's living in Texas as a teacher. And then AJ is still a student at the university. He's going to be a senior next year. And then we have our little guy. Um, he'll be a sophomore next year. He's in the Rakes program at Nebraska and, and doing well. So yeah, we're. We're not empty nesters because they keep coming back, um, but uh, yeah, but we're we're, we're past the uh, you know the stage where they're at home bothering us all the time. Right now, with the you, you said your oldest has got two, mm-hmm. so how how many of the diapers do you have to go relearn how to do? No, none. You didn't no, have didn't didn't have to get into that at all. No, when you're a grandpa, you don't have to do that. <laughs> that's, um, <laughs> that's grandma. That's grandma duty. That, oh, like, gra- okay. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. what. What was it? It it was obviously sounds like it was more of a split split uh, responsibility yeah. when they were yours. But as soon as it's grandkids, you're like, hey, I got to pass this one off. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just think there are some things that you do as a dad that you don't have to do as a grandfather. You don't have, you know. Now we're past that stage of having to worry about managing diapers and cleaning up the snotty nose and after you know the mac and cheese all over the place and yeah what do the what do the grandkids call you papa is that yeah here's the thing i've had a lot of discussions with this with with people and Mm -hmm. was that a you got to pick that or was there like a group decision within all of this or did they just start calling you that 
Yeah, it was uh, it was very organic. There was there was no you know let's talk about what it was just all of a sudden when they were young it started becoming Papa and it just stuck. Okay, and they both they both called me Papa. So, yeah. So, we find that there's there's been a line somewhere where grandparents used to. They were either just grandma, grandpa, sometimes just because of the way families had come down. There was a Mima or there was, for me, I've got a granddad and I've got a papa, um, which was very confusing for me in like first grade when there was grandparents day. And I was like, I don't have a grandma and grandpa because I didn't call any of them that. But there is a line somewhere where grandparents started selecting their own names. My parents, when my sister had her first kids, they went through and they chose their grandparent names. And I was like, you don't get to do that. Like, like, why, yeah. why do you guys decide? I just assumed my dad would also be granddad. And somewhere down the line, I'm going to be granddad. But apparently that there's, there's a generation of people who don't think you're supposed to, or you don't have to do that. Yeah, I'm not going to be critical of that, but, but it <laughs> seems very contrived, right? <laughs> you're, choosing, you're choosing what you're going to be called? I don't know. It's almost like a nickname, you know, when you're in college. Yeah. You don't choose your nickname. That's given to you. Right. So, you know, it's usually something you don't really care for. And eventually, right. the, the, the kids are going to call you whatever they're going to call you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So with, uh, with me and um, my wife, we had been calling me. She was mama. I was papa for our dogs. And then our daughter is born, and we were just going to continue doing that. Except my daughter calls me Diddy. So now there is my whole vernacular has changed that... I never refer to, even with the dogs, I try to remember to say Papa because that's how they know me, or I'll be like Mama's home. But we are Mommy and Diddy, and we did not get the choice in that. That's just what we are now. Yeah, it's, I, you know, the, I can see how Diddy happened, right? When you're young, you don't, you know, you're not pronunciating well, and Diddy just happens, and that's what it becomes. I get right. it. Um, all right, so let's go back, and let, let's start with your dad. Uh, yeah. the, what, what are what are your first memories mm-hmm. uh, of your dad? Because that, <laughs> from everything that that I've learned, that's a fascinating story. That in in the relationship you've had with your father. Yeah. Um, so you know, dad dad was a he's a carpenter, mm-hmm. right? So he was just an old school, hardworking guy who you know didn't would get home from work and he was just exhausted but would always find time to you know go out and throw and play catch or he was a big sports fan i think that's where i got it from but he wasn't a sports fan in the way we think of sports fans like he wasn't into it day to day he just liked going to events and that's kind of what we did in our free time um you know was just go to a lot of you know college baseball games and you know anytime there was the sporting event we'd go he, he played a lot of high school ball played football baseball um but yeah, he was just a, uh, you know, he was, he was definitely old school. Right. But, um, he, uh, he passed about a year and a half ago, um, long time diabetic and kind of caught up to him and had COVID and, but, uh, yeah, he's, um, yeah, those are some great memories. Where did the, where'd the bowling start? Where, where did this start? Cause a lot of people yeah. that you talk to and not that, that people don't go bowling. I think just about everyone, especially, here in Nebraska and in folks in small towns, you've got, there's always a couple bars, there's several churches, there's a gas station, a grocery store, and a bowling alley. And it's kind of, those are the things that, that everyone has. But your family is a, a little bit different and more, I guess, how serious you took it and, and were able to be successful with it. Where did that all start for mm-hmm. you and that relationship with your dad? 
Well, I think, you know, it goes back to just being a big sports fan, right? And then finding something that you could compete in and would teach you how to be competitive. It would teach you the value of competition and working hard and getting better and continual improvement. Um, because I was, you know, through high school, I was five, which I was four eleven when I hit when I hit high school, like literally four eleven. I, re- I remember I wrestled at eighty eight in ninth grade, eighty eight pounds. So I wasn't going to play football. I wasn't you're, playing that. Larry, you're going to hate me. I got to eighth grade, or I got to my freshman year of high school, and I had stopped growing, and I was already six <laughs> three. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something I'll never hit. I I will, I will never know what six three feels like. But but I think it was more, it was about you know finding something that you could compete in. So my dad bowled, but he just bowled in leagues, right? So I would go and watch them all the time. And he bowled in two or three. And, um, you know, he just encouraged it. He encouraged the two things he really encouraged were baseball and bowling. And I think he knew because. <laughs> to be competitive. Did you do that again? Or was it I, I'm not touching <laughs> in any of those. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's how bowling started. Um, and that bowled in high school was a state champ in, in Iowa back in what, 80, 82 uh, was a high school champion. Then recruited by Bill Straub to come to Nebraska, bowled for the university here. Um, and, you know, when you're into it that much and you really kind of understand the nuanced approach, I stayed in it for a while, um, became a, you know, certified coach and all my kids bold and now they help me coach pious yeah so for your dad and this is so cool the number of sports that i've seen you on tv being on the call for and one of the very very cool things this last year for nebraska bowling was Mm -hmm. that they were on the big 10 network it was televised if and, and your your dad had passed away pro, pro, about a year before that, if I'm doing yep. the math right, yep. If you going into that and then being able to go through that that experience of your calling bowling on national television mm. at the school that you went to and the sport that he encouraged you to get involved with, what was what was that like for you? What what could you? Like, where would you have wanted to have that conversation with your dad if it if it had just been able to go another year? Yeah, you know the truth is, Caleb. I I never I have never felt more comfortable calling an event than than that one, and, and probably because there's just no question about the depth of the sport and how well you know it, right? Like that that was off. But in terms of yeah, you know what I didn't think about when I was sitting back is the the entire booth was you know it was behind the lanes and it was up high. And I thought about one of the one of the great moments with my dad. And this is when he was much older. There was a professional bowlers tour event in Council Bluffs at what is now called Thunderbird or Thunders Thunder Lanes um, in Council Bluffs, the old Brunswick Valley Lanes. And we went and sat right behind the, the competition together. And so that I, I kept thinking about that, you know, once or twice through, through the broadcast, which is how cool it was and how, how much he would have enjoyed seeing that. I think we'll see more of it on TV too. I mean, it's, you know, it's a sport that's growing in the NCAA. Yeah. And that, that's something that that's been extremely exciting. And you've been able to, to see this, this year, the 50th anniversary of title nine. So, mm-hmm. so that's been something that through your time as competing and then for your kids and um, you'll get to see it with your grandkids as well. Just, the more more opportunities are out there. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter, when she bowled collegiately at Newman. And so, you know, those those opportunities didn't exist, you know, when when the kids our age were growing up, certainly, you know, for women. Um, so it's really it's 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 neat to see 
how many national media organizations have kind of um, really promoted this being the 50th anniversary of Title IX. I don't, you know, as you mentioned earlier, but Nebraska Public Media is doing something specific to Nebraska and just some of the outstanding athletes that we've had through the years. They're interviewing Carol Frost and, uh, you know, so many others who've, who've been instrumental in the growth of female athletics across Nebraska. But then, you know, ESPN's doing things and they're doing it on the, the various um, uh, conference, web, uh, conference uh, you know, at the SEC network and the Big Ten network. So that's, that's really neat to see. For you, because you get to, speaking just about Title IX, you get to see so much of it in action. Uh, yeah. So many of the opportunities through, through what you call, whether it's at the high school level or the collegiate level. As a dad and now a, a grandparent, how does that feel for you when you sit back and reflect on what those opportunities are that weren't necessarily yeah. there 20, 30, and especially 50 years ago? Yeah, you know, I think where I know where I see it the most is maybe not necessarily as a dad or a grandfather, but I see it in the in the success and the development of high school athletes and just how much better they are now than they were, you know, even 10 or 15 years ago. I think when I started calling the state basketball, you know, um, state championships, it was, you know, how many you can almost count how many turnovers and how many times someone was on the floor in basketball, you know, and now it's it's completely different. Right. I mean, it's just the, those opportunities have begun to trickle down to different levels. And then the advent of, you know, club ball and the development and, and understanding what you need to develop earlier in what we've seen on the, the boys side for so long is now you're seeing it on the, on the girls side. I think volleyball is a great example of that in the state. I mean, there's there's not another state that produces per capita more division one volleyball or just division one or two volleyball players than Nebraska it's because it's become ingrained in the culture. And it's part of what, you know, our, the coaches in the state are so phenomenal and the athletes are, you know, so that's where I, I think that's where I see it more, you know, is, is just the development and the progression of the quality of athlete. It's so nice when things are for other places, it would be a bit of an anomaly, but in Nebraska, it's so much of a norm for, girls and women's athletics to be supported and to see yeah. the development. And when, when we grow up, I think sometimes we take it for granted um, just how good the volleyball is across all levels, how good uh, the bowling is um, to see what the university of Nebraska does. And it's like, Oh yeah, that's just another national championship. That's just another trip to nationals. And it's like, okay, well, as we're talking about our sports, uh, this team's doing that. This team's doing that. Oh yeah, and then bowling one another invitational against like the top five other teams. I think it. Well, that's what it is. There I we go. It's, it's my space bar. <laughs> I think it's um, no. I think that's a good point. And you know what is interesting about that is in what other state or how many other you know universities or programs can a head coach of the women's basketball team say? our goal is to sell out the arena like Pinnacle Bank, what Amy Williams is trying to do, right? And they're going to get that done. I mean, you know, they're going to, and that's, you just start going to find that in too many other places and too many, other. there are a handful of programs who can say that, or, you know, have enough fan support and fan base to be able to do that. But I just think it's, you know, here in Nebraska, it's really, really unique. Now going back to, to your own kids, you, you'd said that you, coach them in, in bowling, and that's so much fun that then that next generation comes up and, and they're coaching as well. But what was your involvement with bowling, with younger sports, as uh, you balance that with obviously being a working dad? 
Yeah, yeah. So super involved, actually. You know, I've um, I've been on the board of Lincoln Cyclones. I coached for you know the Lincoln Sox. I coached for the Cyclones. I coached for the Rebels. Now, in fact, my son, who's uh, who wants to be a coach, he's the one who's junior at the university. We coach a, a youth baseball team, the Lincoln Rebels, right now, an eleven year old team together. Um, so you know, we've been we've been in you know involved in developing and in youth sports forever so i coached all of my my kids and it wasn't easy you know especially early on when you're in tv and you know you you have two hours you know to get away a little bit at night to to go coach or to run a practice but yeah we've been doing that forever it's not just bowling it's 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 typically it's been bowling baseball softball you know those are the how did how did your kids take it as you being their coach at different levels i i'm from a small town and and as folks know my dad was my coach in several sports um including at the varsity level how how did your kids take that with with having coach dad you know i hear i often hear you know we leave the coach at home or we leave the coach in the field we got that wasn't the way it was for us like we were you know we were always talking sports and always watching together and always talking about situations on the field and what the team needed to do and there wasn't this separation for us i think it was just part of what our family did you know we we come home we go play baseball or go coach it and have a game and come home and watch it at night and you know the good we, we've always been dodgers fans so we're able to you know stay up late and watch baseball because they were on the other coast so we had we had a full day of it it was not i will tell you my my sons will tell you now that they think I was significantly harder on them than I was, you know, the other kids on the team. That's what we all believe, by the way, and it's, yeah. it's true every time. <laughs> I was just gonna say, <laughs> I don't think they're completely wrong, right? I don't, I don't think they're completely wrong. There's just a different level of expectation, I think. Yeah. You know? Um. So I'll I'll tell you that with having my dad, and I completely agree. We we were the same way because when I had gotten to high school as a freshman. I was thinking, okay, in order to fit in with the other basketball players, I have to call him coach. So everyone knows that there's no preferential treatment. I think I called him coach one time, and he said, why would you call me that? I'm your dad. Say dad. Everyone knows who this is. Um, so then I just called him dad the rest of the time, and every, everyone knew what that was. And I, over the four years, I started every game except two. Um, and so it was right away – being involved with my dad, he coached my baseball team growing up um, all the way through high school. He was my track coach in the spring. He was our, our weight uh, our weightlifting coach, teacher. We got to have it as a class, so that was always nice. And um, junior high, he coached one of my years for football. So I had him in so many different sports, and I had him as a teacher, but it was always dad. And that was one of the things that I loved that whether we were – at a game, at a practice, just being out and about, being at home, it was always dad, and we could have the conversations. To me, that made it more relatable that we didn't have to cut yeah. something off at the doorway. Yeah, see, you didn't. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't cut it off either. It was. It was a continual. Mm-hmm. It was part of who you were. It was part of the culture of your family. It was part of your relationship with your dad. It's the same way for all of us. And I, th- you know, it is even even today. Like you know, we my one of my sons made the college club baseball world series in South Carolina. He plays club baseball for Nebraska. Um, and we all went out there. The whole family went, you know, yeah. it's just part of, yeah, it's just part of what we do. That's what family vacations were for us. It was, it was wherever <laughs> you had a tournament. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> this year it's going to be Colorado. Next year it's going to be, 
Texas. The year after that, it's Kentucky. Yeah. That's one of the things now as a, as a young dad, and my daughter's not quite two yet, and it's figuring out like family vacations. What is that going to look like? What can we go do? And, yeah. um, and our, our wedding was at a state park, so we were out at a cabin, but it's also, okay, our family's kind of all over. Is it a vacation if we go visit them here? Or what can we go do? And, mm-hmm. and my wife has said, all right, so what did you do growing up? I was like, well, I remember up until I was old enough to be in sports, I guess we'd go like camping. Um, and even then there were times I'd go on fishing trips with my dad, but it was, we're going to go to, we're going to go to Sioux Falls because I got a weekend basketball tournament. I'm playing Mr. Basketball <laughs> or I've got a baseball yeah. tournament in, in Kansas. So we're going to go down there. It was always wherever there was a sport going on. Yeah. Um, after my senior year of high school, my dad and I drove to North Carolina for the junior Olympics nationals. Um, and one terrible way to go compete when you camp the whole way out there. My body did not feel great, but I was with my dad the whole time. I was like, Oh, this is a vacation. Like that, that's just what it is. So now I'm trying to wrap my head around, well, what do you do with someone that's not old enough to be in sports and we're not going to tournaments, but we still want to do family stuff. Yeah, that'll change in a hurry. <laughs> it's, it's not, it will not take long for that to change. I, I will say that's one of the things that we've enjoyed, um, you know, with the kids being out of the house is, you know, now it's like baseball games. We can go to, we can go to, you know, major league baseball. You could never go to a major league baseball game during the baseball season. <laughs> and now we can, now we can go enjoy that and hit some stadiums and, you know, kind of enjoy that time together. One. So, so you've got your kids are, are helping coach. Has there come up a time where you guys are coaching against each other yet? Not yet. No, no, that's interesting. Um, so my, my grandfather coached track and field. My dad coached track and field. When I lived in central yeah. Nebraska, um, I coached the throwers at, at Kearney Catholic. And there was multiple times that I coached against my dad at regular season meets, at a conference meet, and then at state at Omaha Burke. Um, so it was super fun to go and see my throwers against his throwers and he had kind of an established program and I was trying to build a foundation for one, but I also coached against my sister because she was still a senior in high school. One of the first years that I was coaching. So when, when you talk about the, the just families being involved in sports, it's dad is a coach, son is a coach, daughter is still an athlete. And even though dad is her coach, she was coming to me between throws because she trusted me more than dad. Because of course we <laughs> you know, now that you say that, Caleb, we actually did. We had one instance where um, it was a junior varsity tournament. So we hosted junior varsity tournament because because there aren't a lot of them around the state. Uh-huh. And we hosted every year over the holiday break at uh, Sun Valley Lanes. And uh, I was coaching one of the JV teams for Pius, and my son coached the other JV team. And it got to the bracket, and we both ran all the way to the finals. And so the finals was JV1 versus JV2. <laughs> and my son coached the JV1. I had the JV2. Um, yeah, I played, I played a few mind games with him. When, <laughs> when we, got to, we got to the finals, I said, um, <clears throat> because when you're – a lot of people don't understand there's significant difference between lanes and in bowling, right? It's the condition, it's the bowling ball. It's, there's a lot of factors that go into being successful as a bowler. It's not just throwing it down and knocking down pins, which most people think, right? So anyway, there was one lane that was playing a little better. And so he, as the top seed, got to choose the lane they wanted to start on. And I looked at him and I said, Are you, you're seriously going to do this. You have the best team and you're also going to take the best lane. That's what you're going to do. And he looked at me and he goes, no, you can have that lane. 
And I just shook my head and I said, rookie mistake. <laughs> no, you take the advantage if you have it. <laughs> now, he ended up beating us three games to two, but it was close. It was, it, was, it was fun. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. No, that is, uh, that's awesome. That's one of the things that I do since, since I've moved to Lincoln. I do miss getting to just run into my dad at, at a track meet and be like, oh, all right, well, it's uh, my throwers against your throwers. Let's see how they do. And Nine times out of ten, it was his. But every now and then, I'd have a thrower do really, really well, and I'd just kind of look at him and go, that's right. We got, we got, a, we got a little something <laughs> happening over here. That's, that, that's awesome. Yeah, we, um, we, we still enjoy it together. You know, that's the thing. We, so two, two of my sons are, are coaching for Pius. I'm coaching for Pius. My daughter, Bowles, she's in Texas. She's still bowling competitively. So, yeah, we, we, we all still enjoy it together. No, that's uh, that's. For folks that, that when we talk about, and obviously here, specifically with, with my family there, we were talking track and field. With yours, it's talking yeah. bowling. But there's something about sports that, that bind families, that bind, yeah. bind especially the, the connection with dads. Not that there's not the connection with, with moms, but there, there's just something about the connection with dads and sports and, yeah. and, and where that grows from, from being really little to being adults in, in that connection still continuing? You know, I think what it is, is um, it's teaching competitiveness, right? I, I just think a firm believer that if you're going to be successful, you have to have some level of competitiveness internally that's going to drive you, whether it doesn't matter what you're doing, doesn't matter if you're in sports or sales or business or what, there's a level of competitiveness that you need to be successful. And, um, and I think sports teaches that. And so we had always, my wife and I had always agreed anytime we can get the kids into anything that's going to help them be competitive and want to win and, you know, and, and drive to be successful, that that's only going to pay, pay dividends later. So that's one of the reasons that we just, you know, and I know that's why my dad chose sports that I could compete in, right? I mean, he didn't say, yeah, you should go play basketball. <laughs> he didn't say, yeah, you should go, you should go, you know, try to be a tight end. I think, he, you know, he, he picked the things that he knew that we'd be able to, because we were, you know, we were good athletes, just all really little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I think that's, that's, yeah. that's such a valuable thing though, for, for dads and parents to, to understand is you, you want your kids to do something. And the, the baseline is go be competitive in something so you can work on that life skill, but yep. being able to recognize where the most success might happen that you can build that self-esteem because it, it was it wasn't going to do you a whole lot of good to to go try to be an interior lineman it, <laughs> it, it, was, it wasn't going to help you out at all to try to be a high jumper but there were ways that you could be successful and grow that bond and be competitive um, yeah. and be a productive human me human being yeah. going forward yeah. so that's that's such a credit to to your dad being able to see that at a very young yeah. age yeah, I mean, I you know, I I think about that often about you know he, the the purposefulness with which he did that right. The the he purposefully would take us to baseball. He purposefully would you know, take us to bowling. He he would find these things where we could compete and be successful. And, you know, even even other things that weren't you know major sports, we would find ways to compete at Fourth of July and Thanksgiving and you know just the family game kind of stuff that was always a blast. 
Yeah. So as you're, you're you said you were a Dodgers fan. Has it been your whole life that you've been a Dodgers fan? Yeah. So it was it was, uh, was seventy two. Uh, I was at the College World Series in Omaha, and Pee Wee Reese was sitting behind home plate. Mm-hmm. And so my dad said, that's Pee Wee Reese. You should go get his autograph. So I went down and got his autograph, and I've been a Dodgers fan ever since. I still have the autograph. Is So did did right there, that become was that favorite athlete growing up, or was there, there yeah, someone else? I think it became Oral Hershiser. Yeah. You know, well, because Oral was, you know, dominant when I was, you know, when I was growing up. But, yeah, Pee Wee was – yeah, I mean, he, he's an icon, right? I mean, yeah. you think, you look at what he did with Jackie Robinson. You know, was one of the few that really welcomed Jackie Robinson into the Dodgers and, you know, um, you know, helped him get acclimated in a really, really tough environment. Um, so, yeah, that's I just, yeah. And, yeah, I was a Dodgers fan, too, so that didn't that didn't hurt. Yeah, it's because I was trying to think back. I was like, okay, you're, you're saying Dodgers, but it's not going to go far enough back to be Brooklyn. So so we're no we're Brooklyn so 50, so they left in fifty eight right yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah I was I wasn't born until sixty five I just told you how old I am which is really old but yeah nope that's okay that's all right we we're we're, we're doing okay I will not tell you how old I am until <laughs> until after we're done recording because <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, my dad and I talked about this with uh, I talked about this with with Rob Zadiska my dad was a Yankees fan. And my grandfather's a Yankees fan, and my uncle's a Yankees fan. And I'm not. Like I, I, I grew up almost just being whoever's playing the Yankees. I want them to be successful, and then the Red Sox do what they do in 2004, and I put that paper up on my bedroom wall. So was that because your brother was a Yankees fan? No, my so so my dad and my my. Uh, my dad, my uncle, and my grandfather. Your uncle. Got yeah. it. They were all. Yeah, okay. they, they were all Yankees fans. And for whatever uh, reason, I was just like, I don't care for them. Um, and then I went to college near St. Louis, and, and my roommate as yeah. a freshman had Cardinals baseball on every single day. And I went, you yeah. know what? I can be a Cards fan. If we're going to watch these every single day, that's pretty cool. And then they end up winning a, a World Series while I'm in school down there. I'm like, all right, yeah. this is I'm okay with cheering for these guys. Yeah. Um, and then it just carried over, and, and, and it stuck with me. And now I've got my daughter in Cardinals stuff. Yeah, Kim, that's my biggest failure as a father. Is <laughs> I have one son who's a Dodgers fan. The other, I have a, a White Sox fan and uh, a Twins fan. For just. I don't know how that happened. I they just, wanted I, more regional teams. I, I feel ashamed. <laughs> well, and, and that's, I mean, that's not so bad, seeing as the, the White Sox do have a recent uh, world yeah. championship. Well, they're, and they're, go, they're good this year. But, but the reason he became a White Sox fan is the problem. Oh. So think of, yeah, so think about this. So what very well-known athlete played in the White Sox organization. Okay. So was so he was a Michael Jordan fan. And then he becomes a White Sox fan because of that. No, he should be a Barons fan, not a White Sox fan. <laughs> yes. He needs to this be a minor point. league fan. He yes. shouldn't even care about the majors. Can, can we send this to him when we're done? I want to, be, <laughs> I want to hear you say that. I think that's where that, that line should be drawn. Just because you're in the organization... Yeah. That does not mean that it's okay. Well, now I'm a fan of that entire organization. There you go. <laughs> all right. So, as you've got your kids all grown up, um, well, mostly, mostly, mostly you're like in that transition stage. Um, what what is your favorite part of being a grandfather versus your favorite part of being a father? 
I don't have to, well, we talked about earlier, no changing diapers, no cleaning up. <laughs> it's the I, dirty you know, stuff. You, you know, there is, it, there is something to this, though. You get to spoil and do the fun things without all the crappy stuff, <laughs> right? Like they come over and you get to go play and you only have to do it for a few hours mm-hmm. because, you know, when they were kids, they wanted to play for three hours and then you're exhausted and they wanted to keep going. And then you're like, no, we're not going to do this. And you had to be the disciplinarian. And now you just get to do all the fun stuff. Um, that's the difference. <laughs> I am a long ways away from that right now. that is uh that is something at least so thank you for the reminder i appreciate that no no not not quite in that (laughs) in that sense um where we're at we can still we can wear her out pretty good oh god like she's not quite to the point where she has got endless stamina um we we did have so going back to to fourth of july weekend we went to um we went to Grand Island to to see some family and lit off some fireworks. But then it's a it's a couple hour drive back to to Lincoln when, once you get across town. And it's it's obviously we had to stay late enough for them to light the fireworks off so you could see them. But then you're on the road and it's past bedtime and she didn't fall asleep on the way home. Uh. She wanted to watch Moana on on her little iPad the whole way home. And we're like, okay, well, she should be pretty tired and she'll just fall asleep while watching this. She was clapping for every song, and we're getting back into Lincoln, and I'm like, we are in trouble. That's the thing is, like, where were the iPads when my kids were growing up? Those things are, that's like magical stuff. Like, I turn on that and put on Bluey. Oh, oh, thank you for bringing that up. Bluey is the best. Right? Like, there, there are certain shows that I hear from other parents that are just like horror stories on what shows that they watch and their kids have seen, and then they want to watch that. Um, the the Peppa Pigs, the Cocoa Melons. We went through and we were watching some shows and we ended up coming upon Bluey. And that's our favorite one. Um, now, she loves Bluey and Puppy Dog Pals. So, mm-hmm. we'll, so we'll put on some Puppy Dog Pals. Um, I hate the latest season because they changed the voice actors and it's just awful. Um, we don't need to, like, I guess, give reviews of the children's shows. But Bluey is, Bluey is phenomenal in... in kind of one it's entertaining for the kids two yeah. it's entertaining for the adults and there's like adult only jokes that you kind of get with it um but there's also a lot of lessons through all of it i'm like how do you hit so many different how do you check all of those boxes in one yeah. show yeah no it's i mean i just think it's fantastic because if i'm getting worn out i turn it on and <laughs> they they just sit and watch it for hours so your kids not that, they're, not that they've watched it for hours right 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 Theoretically, they probably could. Yeah, we we would never have that much screen time at all. No, no, um, no. So with your kids, just basing it off of, because you said your your oldest was 33? 33. 33. Mm-hmm. Um, so there would have been the opportunity, there would have been handheld games that, that you oh, could yeah. have handed up. There there would have been Game Boy. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we had all of those. Yeah, the Game Boy and the Mattel football and the Coleco football and... Yeah, all of that stuff. I had the Game Boy Color, and I was super happy when you could turn the uh, turn the yeah. the brightness up enough with the uh, with all the lights off and the vehicles all dark, yeah. and it's at night, but I can still see and run around enough. Yeah, and and the the younger the younger two would take the game console console with them and plug it into the back of the vehicle. And oh. play it. 
Yeah. So that was, that was golden. No, as the uh, as the oldest, any of my games that I had were automatically my sister's games. So I only got them for so long until yeah. it was, oh, you have to share because your sisters want them. And I was like, when I'm a parent, there's going to be sharing. But if it's someone's stuff, especially if it's the oldest, the oldest gets it. The oldest doesn't have to just be the punching bag of having to share everything. Yeah, let me know how that goes. Well, we've only got one, so it's working out great so far. <laughs> exactly. It works really well until the younger one starts bawling. Right. There are, like, because that's where I feel like I'm at, where there are rules that I have in my head of the way things are going to go. Great in concept. In concept, yes. But right. I know immediately, as soon as that situation comes up, I go, great, we've practiced this. This is what we're going to do. Throw that plan out the window. Whatever's going to solve this situation the fastest, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what no, no, no. for for you, like in those types of situations? What formed? Obviously, your your dad was was very involved. You and mm-hmm. and and I guess was was that just what you were looking to when you became a, a dad? That okay, there's the template I kind of want to follow. Or were there some other father figures a- along the way that you were kind of a little bit of this, a little bit of that? That's a good question. I don't think it was conscious with me, Caleb, to be honest with you. I don't think it was like, I want to be like my dad. I just think you grow up seeing and then you grow up, you know, mimicking or mirroring or, um, you know, that's kind of who you become as a parent because it's what you, you know, it's what you experienced. So, I mean, I was fortunate enough to not have to say, I don't want to be like that. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, because there are people, there are people that have to think that way. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be that kind of parent. So I didn't ever have to worry about that. So it wasn't conscious. I think I just became a similar father in good and in bad, right? I mean, neither of us are are overly emotional, neither of us are, you know, communicate super well, but we're all into our sports and we're into the, you know, the the fun times together and hanging out. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I talked about the College World Series, but that was something that we did together every year. Um, You know, I can remember being on the infield for the championship game when Texas was, they had uh, Roger Clemens and Calvin Chiraldi and, you know, some of just some of the great games, you know, at, at the Blatt. And then as I got older um, and my dad would work, my dad bought me a moped when I was 14. And I would ride my moped across the South Omaha Bridge Road, go down 13th to Rosenblatt Stadium and catch the afternoon games. May or may not have missed other things that I was supposed to be doing. <laughs> um, but But, yeah, so... It just became kind of ingrained. Yeah, you guys went to the College World Series. We would, other than the one year that we qualified while I was in high school, we would always go to state basketball. Um, Because my dad was a varsity basketball coach. And they had also gone when I was young enough that I was the water boy or student manager. So I got to be on one of those chairs at the end. And it's, oh, we're at this big high school as this little C2 school. This is so much fun. And I'm part of all of this, but it's like, you're just kind of the kid that everyone brought around. Um, but it was always state basketball for us. And there are so many families like that. Yeah, and it's right? so much fun. I, the, I love that, that, that there's, yeah, there's the really College cool. World Series or there's – I know for a lot of people there was probably um, when the, the Olympic trials, the swimming, being in Omaha, just events that people go to as families, and that builds a basis for their memories when, when they look on everything back. Yeah, I you know I have a good friend um, in Crete. His name is Roger Douglas. Hello, Roger. He he his he used to take his dad. I mean, Roger's you know in his seventies easily. Uh, would still take his dad. You know, when his dad was into his nineties to, to go hang out for a day at you know the state basketball tournament and sit and watch. 
it just became part of what they did. Now, the one thing I do want, and it, I there was, I'm probably one of the very few people that did not want there to be this latest Top Gun movie to come out because there is no way to say, oh, you can't use the Top Gun music for the state championships at basketball because are we not are, that, that is you know what you you cannot be more spot on <laughs> we we have got to get rid of that music in the championship game we've got that can no longer be the medal and trophy presentation i couldn't agree with you well more. it's it's i was beginning to think as of a, a few years ago okay you can say it's gone on long enough but then now you have Top Gun Maverick, and you go, okay. Well, do you have to go another like yeah. thirty years? Yeah. Do do no. you are you obligated because of the first one? I'm hoping the answer is no. No, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> it's a little bit like, and this is going to be sacrilege, I think, but it's a little it's a little bit like the tunnel walk. Yeah, I just think it's time. Okay, but but I said that fifteen years ago when I worked there. So right, right. That's that's my perspective. Yeah, there's. I think that's one of the things, though, about when when you see something that's a it's built in as a tradition. It, it's something that especially started when you're talking the tunnel walk, for instance. It started and there was success. Like there there were some good things happening. So you want to hold on to that. Yeah. Um, but it's as, as even as families, whether it's as sports or in those things that are going on, but as families, how do you update traditions to match more of what's going on in today's world? You could hold on to you could hold on to much of the tradition and, and continue to keep it current. Yeah, you know I think that's that's the answer, and I think they've done that. They've done a great job from a video production perspective, right? In mm-hmm. the kind of the pre-tunnel before the tunnel walk, and it's changed a little bit. I think they've done a fantastic job of that. It's just it's time for it. To... <laughs> yeah, sometimes sometimes it's just time. So for yeah. this yeah. is uh, this is a frustration that that my wife has with me because. We were able to take my daughter this last year to um, a women's basketball game, a couple men's basketball games, mm-hmm. um, and, and we've been out to Haymarket Park. Mm-hmm. But it's a uh, it's a near impossibility just looking at the next couple of years, unless something changes with my day job, that I will be able to take them and be with them at a football game, at a Nebraska football game in Memorial Stadium. I'm a little bit busy on those days. Um, how did you... Like, you, how, need to how, find, you, you need to you need to find a Saturday, Caleb. Yeah, where you say somebody else is going to do this on this Saturday. This is the one, mm-hmm. right? Now, because when I was at the university, I was working for Husker Vision, right? So yeah. I had responsibilities, and and we just decided there was one where I was going to take my son. And we were going to go to the game, and you know, I still have those pictures, so I don't regret it. So just find the one. One, okay. Go, go experience it because you know it's part of your job. You have to, you know, right. But but there's somebody can somebody can step in. That's good. So because you said that, I'm going to make sure if we're sending part of this recording to your son about the Barons and White Sox, we're also going to send this to my boss and let them know <laughs> there is one Saturday that I am now obligated to get off because Lee yeah. Putney said so. Yeah, just makes sense. <laughs> um, wrapping things up here because th- this has been a lot of fun. I again, I don't want to like say you're you're old or but you're older than me i've seen you on tv since i was younger like since i was really paying attention to what was going on especially with with state basketball at the time like uh, now nebraska public media and formerly net and like 
just getting to talk to you and hear a lot more of the background on this has been a lot of fun. And obviously some great advice there on just pick a Saturday. Yeah. What what advice would you give for dads? Or if you could go back and, and talk to yourself when um, when you didn't have four, when there was just one or two, and you were still figuring some stuff out. And I know yeah. we're always still figuring some stuff out, but what would that advice be to, to go back to the, the younger version of Dad Larry? It's a great question, um, and I, I have thought about it before. And I think the one regret that I have and that I would suggest everybody do is it, we had four, right? And so by the time the older, the two little ones come along, the older ones are kind of in that age where they want to go do things and they're more mobile and, and busy and the two younger ones are still at home. I, I needed to find time with each individual you know, kid to go do something, just us two, like, go, let's go, let's go on a trip somewhere, just us two, right? That's the one thing. And, and we're doing that now as, as adults, right? But it would have been really cool to be able to take the time away to do it with each individual kid and let them choose what they want to go do and go do that just with them maybe once a year so that, you know, um, so you had that one-on-one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, that's the one thing I, I wish we would have done. I love that advice. Also because my wife and I have been talking about just that situation. Should that come up um, if, if, there, if there do happen to be multiple kids? Because we've also got a couple of dogs, and we each lived on our own with our dog, and now we live together, and we've got a daughter. So sometimes it feels like, well, for instance, my dog Ella, I'm like, well, it used to just be us 24-7. Yeah. It, am I neglecting her? So there are times that, that we'll set aside and I will just go to a dog park for a few hours or just go drive around and it's just yeah. us. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it just feels like, okay, well, there's a bonding that we don't get to have when it's the whole family, when it's all five of us. Yep. Yep. And that's what I would say. It's, you know, I'm not talking about you and your spouse going with your daughter and going and doing something. Right. It's, it's you, right? Yes. Take the time, go do it, find a weekend get a hotel somewhere, go away, spend a weekend, experience whatever you both like to experience and enjoy. Well, speaking of enjoying, I've really enjoyed this conversation. This has been uh this has been a lot of fun. All the uh the I'm glad we could figure out Skype and in or Skype. Who uses Skype anymore? That was dumb. <laughs> Zoom. Glad we could figure out Zoom and what was yeah. muting and getting you convinced that it wasn't me just playing a <laughs> trick on you each time. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I'll see you on MySpace now, right? Oh geez, yeah. I'll make sure you're part of my top friends. Um, that's Larry Putney. You can find him on Twitter at L punt. And, uh, you can probably see him on TV from time to time as well. You can follow me on Twitter, um, at I Caleb Henry, send some, send some suggestions for the show or dads you might like to hear from. You can also use the hashtag. Hey dad. And so Larry, thank you so much for, for your time this week. And, uh, I'm, I would definitely want to catch up sometime as those now grand littles become a little bit get a little bit more mobile and you might have to actually end up doing some of the dirty work at some point when it, I guarantee it, there's going to come a time when it is just you and you have to take care of the responsibilities. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll make sure to not send that, uh, send that to your family. Um, make sure you guys share this. If you enjoy the episode, other folks might enjoy it as well. And remember, because we all love to hear it, whether it's your dad, your dad's dad, a dad figure, a mom that handled the dad stuff, or just a dad you appreciate, the best time to call is right now and just say, hey, dad. <laughs>